Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. So it's great to have Carla with us this morning as we continue to develop our friendship as Freedom Church with 24-7 Prayer. Uh, And Carla has asked that we read uh, together before she speaks from 1 Kings 19 verses 1 to 18. The words will come up on the screen, but if you do have a Bible handy, then why don't you turn to that now and I'll read that to us. So 1 Kings 19 verses 1 to 18. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent his message to, this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I've not killed you, just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, travelling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, said the Lord. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was a terrible blast. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told them, Go, told him, go back the same way that you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Ebel-Mehaloah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu 
and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So Carla, thank you for being with us. We really appreciate you taking the time over to you. We're all yours. Hello, Freedom Church. It is really good to be speaking to you this morning. If I haven't had the privilege of meeting you before, I am Carla, Carla Harding. And I'm sending my love from my home here in Chichester, from my husband, Steve, from my kids, Jackson and Eloise, to you and your homes and your households today. I'm a bit sad that I don't get to be with you in person today. I know our gathered formats are really different in this season, but I hope that what I've been praying into for you guys and what I have to share will be a blessing to you. If you don't know me, I'm part of the 24-7 prayer movement. I'm great friends with Sim. We go back a long way. And um, I get to serve the church all over this country in helping them learn to pray, which is a great privilege and a real joy. My life got hijacked when I was 18 years old, when I moved to this city, Chichester, to go to university. And I showed up at the church, my church, Revelation Family Church, and walked into the first ever 24-7 prayer room. Up until that point, I was a Christian, but I found prayer really hard. So making my faith a living relationship with, with Jesus was really difficult for me. My experience in that first 24-7 prayer room taught me how to pray and it totally changed the direction of my life. No exaggeration. I now get to lead our national team in 24-7 prayer and I get to have a lot of fun thinking of ways to help people like me who found prayer really hard meet with God and talk with God. That actually touches a little bit on the theme of what I'm going to share with you guys today. Hopefully you've already heard the passage read. We're going to be looking at 1 Kings chapter 19 and a story of a man called Elijah. Now I'm sharing this story with you today because it's actually a deeply personal story to me. God has used it to speak to me profoundly in the past. And for the past six months in this season of another lockdown and um, emerging from that and looking at the ramifications of this pandemic, God has brought me back to this story again and again to speak to me. And when I was praying into what to share with you, I feel like a broken record, but he brought me back here and I feel there are two invitations from Elijah's story for you today. Now, if you're not familiar with this story in the Bible or this man, we're going to be hearing about a man called Elijah. He is a prophet. He's a man who hears from God and then speaks the word of God to the nation of Israel and particularly to the king at the time. Now, Elijah strikes me as a very cheeky kind of guy. He uh, seems very confident. He'll speak truth to power. He's seen God move in incredibly miraculous ways. And he's a very important prophet in the story of Israel. Now, just before the passage we're looking at today, Elijah's seen one of the most miraculous moves of God in his lifetime. He was up at another mountain, a mountain called Carmel, and he challenged the prophets of another God, a God called Baal, who was being worshipped by the people of Israel and the king of Israel. He challenged them to like a smackdown between the two gods to prove who was real. They had sacrifices on the top of these mountains and they each had to call to their God to bring the fire to burn up their sacrifice. The prophets of Baal failed. Baal did not send any fire. 
But when Elijah soaks his sacrifices in water and prays a prayer to our God, Yahweh, fire is sent from heaven, consumes the bulls, and people of Israel are in awe of the presence of God. Now that, if I lived through that, would be an incredible victory for God in my lifetime. And I don't know what Elijah expected would happen next. Maybe that all the people of Israel would repent and turn back to God and live their best lives for him. But what we learn is actually many of them didn't. Instead, what happened next after this miraculous victory is Queen Jezebel promised to kill Elijah. She was not happy that he defeated the prophets of Baal or that God did. And she said, I will kill you, Elijah. So instead of a great celebration, a great feast, a great moment of uh, celebrating God's way being done, Elijah instead finds himself with his hopes dashed, running into the wilderness, fleeing for his life. That's the context, the passage that we're going to read today. Now, for me, the reason this passage really resonates is this has been a year of... uh, Disappointment is one way you could describe it. I don't think this is the way any of us thought we'd be spending this year. I chat to my friends who are students and this has been a really difficult year of university for them. They've not been together, they've not been in community, there's been a lot of uncertainty. I speak to my friends with parent, with um, children who are doing GCSE years and A-level years and this has been a nightmare for them. I talk to other friends and their work or losing their jobs. I speak to other people and the challenges they felt faced in their health or with their children or with homeschooling. This has been a very different year to everything that we expected. It's been uh, like a kind of wilderness. It's been a place of forced retreat where we've had to stay in our homes. So what is it that we can learn from this story of disappointed hopes, of completely unexpected outcome, of wilderness, of retreat, of isolation even from Elijah for us? Well, there's a lot, but today there's just two things I really feel like God has specifically highlighted that he wants to invite you into through this story. The first is this, Freedom Church, after a really challenging year, I believe God wants to invite you deeper into his care. What do I mean by that? Well, the first thing I mean by that is at the beginning of this story, we don't find Elijah full of faith. We don't even find him healthy and full of strength. We find him collapsed under a broom tree, exhausted, depressed, and even apparently suicidal. He is at the end of himself. And the thing is, it's not like he has failed or or something's gone terribly wrong. Yes, he's under the threat of his life, but things went well, right? God moved on Mount Carmel, but he's just exhausted emotionally, physically, spiritually from giving out. And he just finds himself collapsed in the wilderness, praying this prayer of God, I'm giving up. Now, what I find deeply moving in this story is that's not the place that God expects Elijah to be able to listen to God's plan on perspective. That's not even the place where God expects Elijah to be attentive, listening in to God's voice. When God sees Elijah collapsed under the broom tree, he cares for him 
in the most beautifully practical way. He gives him sleep. He gives him food and drink more than once. Any parent in this room will know, I know this well from my two, if your children are exhausted, if they are at the end of themselves, there is absolutely no point trying to have a conversation with them about anything until you can get food inside them or you can help them to rest. And I feel like this is the most beautiful picture of the father God parenting his child, Elijah. Let me help you rest and then you'll be ready to see things a little differently the way I want to show them to you. But I'm not going to force that on you now. I'm just going to care practically for your needs. Are you in the place where you feel like you have collapsed under the broom bush? You're knackered. You're done. You're exhausted emotionally, physically, mentally. Maybe this year has been so taxing on you. I feel like the words of Jesus in Matthew 11 are an invitation to you today. He said, are you tired, worn out, burned out? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. Now, I have been in the past in situations like Elijah's before where I've just felt totally at the end of myself. Thankfully, during this last lockdown, I haven't quite been in that position, but I have been really weary trying to juggle work and homeschooling. You know, it's it's not a massive challenge, but it's enough to make you tired. And I have to be honest, when I'm in the place of weariness, tired is the end of myself, my instinct isn't always to run to God. But I can tell you, after extensive experimentation and testing, that dairy milk does not heal my heart. Another glass of wine will not recover my life. And binge watching Netflix does not restore my soul. I often go to things that bring me numbing or bring me comfort before I go to Jesus. And I feel like a muppet every time I do it. But actually, if you're at the end of yourself, you don't have to do anything. But I'd love to invite you to invite God's care to come meet you in it. Because in Isaiah 57, it says, I, God, live in the high and holy places, but also with the low spirited and the spirit crushed. And what I do is I put a new spirit in them and I get them up on their feet again. If you feel like the journey is too much for you, God is saying, receive my restoration, receive my spirit. There's another way we see God's incredible care in this story. After he's strengthened, Elijah takes this big journey to a mountain called Mount Horeb. And he reaches this mountain, also called the mountain of God. And when he enters a cave and he waits there for God, God arrives and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? He gives him the dignity of not making an assumption, not saying, I already know everything. I know what you're going to say. He lets him pour out his answer, his pain, his frustration. Elijah says this, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Elijah's prayer, Elijah's response to God is 
it's almost like a complaint. Like it's almost uncomfortable for me to read. Like there's no, oh Lord, you are high and sovereign and I trust in you, but I have this tiny little problem over here. It's just God, it's all gone wrong. This is how I feel. Help. Elijah is inviting God into his disappointment and his pain. And I'm going to be honest with you, this sometimes makes me uncomfortable because too often I like to polish my prayers. I like to, I guess, in a good desire to be respectful to God. And sometimes just because it's kind of uncomfortable to be that honest, I, I gloss over my disappointments and my pains. I want to jump to the hope, to the encounter, to the answer and not dwell in the place where God wants to meet me. Richard Rohr, to paraphrase him, once said, pain that isn't transformed is transmitted. If we don't deal with our disappointments, particularly from this past year, if we don't deal with the pains that some of us are carrying, even, unfortunately, the grief, if we don't allow them to breathe and be with them, then, then they will still be there. They'll come out in other ways. The way we transform our pain or the way we, we journey through our disappointment is by inviting God into it. I feel that one of the ways God wants to care for us in this season is to teach us how to lament. Lament is a word in the Bible that basically means how can we be honest? How can we invite God in to the things we are experiencing, the things we are really feeling with honesty and trust? Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. There's something about lament, honesty, letting God into how we're really feeling that brings God's comfort, that brings God's care close to us. Do you need the care of God right now? Either because you feel at the end of yourself or because there are things you're carrying that you want to invite him into, places of disappointment or maybe pain. God wants to draw near to you just like he drew near to Elijah. Because if we continue the story of Elijah, God doesn't just leave him in that cave with his, his disappointment and his fear and his pain, but God draws near. And what happens next, I believe, is part of the second invitation that God wants to give to you guys as a community. So we have Elijah in the mountain. He's made it there. He's on the mountain of God. He's been honest with God. And then God says, I'm coming. I'm drawing near and I'm going to show up with my presence in a very special way. And Elijah is in the cave and first we hear a great wind tears by. Something incredibly dramatic. I'd imagine standing in a cave and like there's wind blowing everywhere, a storm outside. But Elijah recognises that God is not in the wind. Then we hear there is fire. That must have been terrifying <laughs> to see fire on the mountain. But Elijah knows that God is not in the fire. And then we hear that there, the earth is shaking. But Elijah realises that God is not in the earthquake. Finally, in the silence and stillness, there is a still small voice, a whisper. And Elijah recognises God in the whisper. Now, I mentioned that this passage is very uh, personally important to me. Uh, I just want to share a little story with you of how God spoke to me about this moment of whisper. About, uh, I think it's about five years ago now, 
God woke me up one morning and, and he spoke to me. It's one of the times in my life that I felt really confident this is the voice of God because I'm terrible in the morning and I don't think very clearly. And it was so clear and it was directed at the Bible that I was just amazed that God had woken me up and spoken to me this way. He said two things. One, he said, read the story of 1 Kings 19, Elijah meeting me in the cave. And two, remember your son Jackson and what he whispers in your ear. So I read this story that we've been exploring together. I read the encounter of the earth, the wind, the fire, and then the whisper. And the same question occurred to me that always occurred to me when I read this passage. What was wrong with the wind, the earthquake, and the fire? Why wasn't God in that? Because the thing is, Mount Horeb has another name, this mountain of God that, that Elijah is, is standing on. It's also called Mount Sinai. And on Mount Sinai, God met Moses in fire in a burning bush. On this Mount Sinai, God met Israel in storm and earthquake and fire. Earthquakes, winds and fire were the encounter of the past in this place. But in this moment, it was almost like maybe God was thinking what Elijah needs right now isn't a dramatic experience of my special presence, but an experience of my intimate whisper. I was asking myself that question, what's wrong with the earthquake, the wind and the fire, when I remember the second thing God had said to me, remember your son, Jackson. Now, at the time, my son was a toddler. He used to come up to me, he'd pull on my clothes and he'd say, Mummy, I have something to whisper in your ear. I would bend down, put my ear right next to his mouth and he would whisper to me, I love you. He did this over and over again. And even when I think about it now, it just makes me melt as a mum. He was so close to me. His eyes were full of joy and love. And every time he did it, I could not help but bend down next to his ear and whisper back, I love you. And I'm sat there with this scripture of God meeting Elijah in the whisper and this story of my son and how he tells me I love you. And I just realised in that moment, but sometimes God just wants to draw near to us to show us how much he loves us. And that that place is the foundation for every encounter, every prayer, every commission, everything in our walk of following Jesus in this life. We are the children of a loving father who draws near and whispers, I love you. The second invitation I believe that God is inviting you guys into is to wait on his whisper to wait on his whisper because that is the place of commission. For Elijah, he waits on the whisper of God. He goes out into God's presence and God gives him a plan. Go anoint two kings, a person. You're not going to be on your own. Here is Elisha for you to mentor and train up and a new perspective. You can't see it, Elijah, but you're not alone. There are 7,000 who've not bowed down to Baal. It gives Elijah hope. And the thing is, God doesn't say to Elijah, it's okay, you're exhausted, you can sit this one out. Instead, he reinvigorates him. He, he, he fills him up and he sends him back out and he says, go back the way you came. 
Go back the way you came and do this. Now, the thing is, when he sent Elijah back out again, it wasn't like the second half of Elijah's life was exactly the same as the first half of Elijah's life. Things changed. If you read the whole of Elijah's life, it's from about 1 Kings 17 to about 2 Kings 2-ish. You'll see that before this moment, Elijah seems like a bit of a lone ranger in Israel. He's the only prophet speaking to the king. But then after this moment, multiple prophets arise in Israel and Elijah's there doing his thing, serving God, but in the midst of a community. I feel like this is a bit of a, a cave whisper of God moment in our lives. We know things aren't going to go back to exactly the way they were before this pandemic. But that doesn't mean that we don't go back the way we came. It doesn't mean that some things don't stay the same. God has not changed and his invitation to us, articulated beautifully by Jesus in Matthew 22, remains the same. Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. Love others as well as you love yourself. Yeah, how we wait on God's whisper, how we love him, how we lean into relationship might look different in this season. And yes, definitely, the way we love our neighbour will definitely look different in this season. The needs of our communities are different, but the heart is exactly the same. So two invitations from this story. God wants to care for you and God wants to commission you. Which one do you feel is personally relevant to you today? I want to be really clear, one isn't better than the other. One isn't more important than the other. They are both being extended to you. Are you under the broom tree or is there something you need to invite God into? Maybe you might want to pray with someone you know and trust this week from the community. Invite them into that place with you and speak to God together. Are you ready for what's next? Are you fired up and looking for how you emerge into this post-lockdown uh, world? Well, lean into the whisper of God. Listen for his plans as he recommissions you to go back the way you came. I'm going to pray now. Thank you for listening. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your care. We thank you in this time of uncertainty and challenge that you remain the same, that your love for us remains the same and your call to us to go and love others remains the same. Lord, for those this morning who feel in need of your care, I ask, would you bring your restoration? Would you listen to their lament? Would you bring comfort and make, the, make your presence felt with them? And for those, Lord, who are leaning into your whisper, God, would you speak? Would you speak? Would you whisper your I love you? And would you reveal your plans? Would you send them to the people you have your eye on? And would you give them your perspective of what's happening in their community today? Thank you, Father. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.